Welcome to Life in the Pit, a podcast about the lives and adventures of instrumentalists within the wonderful world of musical theater. And now, here is your host, David Lane. Hello, everyone. This is episode 11, and it's a good one. Before we get to it, though, I just wanted to remind everyone that you can comment on these episodes at the Podbean page, or send me a message through my website at davidlanemusic.com slash podcast. Or you could send me a direct message through Instagram or Twitter at Life in the Pit Pod. Last week on episode 9, I talked to Randy Mintz briefly about shows that use euphonium. And other than ragtime, we weren't too sure. Harlan reached out to me through my website to let me know that Ragtime does indeed have one, Uh, although to be fair, I couldn't confirm that with the MTI materials list, but that isn't always reflective of the Broadway version. He also let me know, and I was able to confirm all of this, uh, that the musicals You're in Town, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Oliver each have a tripling book that's for trombone, bass trombone, and euphonium. Uh, The alt orchestration for Billy Elliot calls for two books where one player doubles on trombone and euphonium and the other does, again, a triple trombone, bass trombone, and euphonium. There's a trombone euphonium doubled book for Big River, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, enunciation on that one. Thus far, I have not found an instance where a euphonium has its own book. So I guess the point here is, if you play euphonium and you want to play in a pit, you better go ahead and learn trombone and bass trombone if you want some work. Also, thanks, Harlan, for that information. Okay, my show today is going to be a delight for those in the Piedmont Triad of North Carolina. But I definitely encourage all of you to hang around because I think you will enjoy this interview even if you don't already know the guest. The first person I ever saw conducting a pit for local theater here was Maggie Gallagher, and I quickly learned that she is an absolute favorite of just about every theater company in this area. If not as a music director, then as an actress. She has enjoyed a long career in both fields in addition to being a private voice teacher. Music directors don't tend to work directly with other music directors very often, but I had the privilege of uh, working with her just a couple of years ago as an actress when I did Pippin for the second time. She is one of those actresses that will steal any scene she's in and without even really trying. My musician friends all say how much they also enjoy her leadership in the pit. It's my privilege to share my interview with Maggie Gallagher. Well, it is my absolute pleasure today to welcome as my guest, Maggie Gallagher. Maggie, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Happy to be. Uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into to your, your career in theater in just a moment, but you, you have been uh, around, especially in the Piedmont Triad. I mean, I was going to say Winston-Salem, but I know I've seen you in, in High Point, um, music directing there as well. So we'll just say the Piedmont Triad of North Carolina, you have been um, very active in theater for a long time. Um, 
and I knew you first as a music director, but uh, you also have done quite a few performances as as an actress. So let's just start with when did you first get into theater and, and how was it? Was it by being an actor or was it through leading music in the pit or what was your first experience? I started doing theater at probably when I was four or five years old uh, through my church. They would have little Christmas programs and different programs throughout the year. And I was always involved. And then in my home, I was the youngest uh, in my family. My sister was six and a half years older, and so she didn't want to be bothered with pest. And there were, on the side of our house, three trees had been cut down, and there were these three stumps, Mm. graduated heights. The tall one was in the back, the middle one in the middle, the low one in front, and then the ground. And so I would make up all kinds of plays and have my different areas, you know, and entertain the whole neighborhood. <laughs> and I'd stand out on the sidewalk and sing to them. And the <laughs> yeah, it was one of those kind of things. Okay. So self, kind of self-written, self-directed and starring yourself? <laughs> Absolutely. Then when I got into... Um, well, it was junior high at that time, middle school, there was an organized theater group, and I got involved in that and actually got my first drama award by playing Ducky Bell in some <laughs> some, some play. I don't remember the name of it. Okay, but we but we know the name Ducky Bell. <laughs> Ducky Bell, I remember. That was my name. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely want to ask more about acting, but when did you start music? Was it by singing, or did you play any instruments? Oh, I started, well, I started singing as soon as I could. Right. And then when I was 10 years old, I started taking piano lessons and violin. Okay. And then I played in the school orchestra. When I got to junior high school, He had so many violinists, but he didn't have enough violas, so I switched and played viola. Okay. And did that through high school. And then when I got to college, there was a string quartet made up of faculty members, but they were minus a second violin, and they asked me to play that. So I did. Okay. So, Um, So you got to learn the alto clef. Which is a handy thing to know that the cliff can move around. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, as I got into college and later on in some roles, especially the Smoke on the Mountain roles, mm-hmm. as Vera Sanders, I was playing the mandolin, the string bass, the auto harp, the banjo, the guitar, the fiddle. Not the violin, the fiddle. It's a little bit different sound, you know. Right. And and the piano. So. Okay. Now, as far as singing, you know, obviously you 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 just took to it naturally. Did you did you have any formal training uh, before you started? Uh, well, I guess before you got to college and and beyond. Yes, I did. Um, and then when I and then my major in college was. Applied music and voice was my major instrument. Okay. Where did you go to school? 
I went to High Point University. Okay. And then I went to uh, UNC Chapel Hill for a master's in choral arts, which was conducting. And then I went to UNCG and started a master's in theater. And I wanted to do it during the daytime. And then we got to assert some classes that were only offered at night. And I mean, during the day, I wanted to go at night. And so I could still teach. So I didn't finish the, the drama degree. Well, I mean, it sounds like you got, you got quite a bit of experience. And sometimes, sometimes the degree, you know, the degree is a nice piece of paper to have, but it doesn't, it doesn't always reflect the amount of education that, that you, that you had. So, so, so that's great. So you, um, so the smoke in the mountain that was playing, was that as an actor on stage playing the instruments or were you in the pit playing the instruments? There's a pit for the smoke on the mountain shows. There are three of them. And, and it's all about a family from Siler city, North Carolina, and they go around singing gospel programs at different churches. Ah. And um, it's, a, it's a funny show, uh, and it's a unique. It's not really a play. It's not really a musical. So it's kind of has its own little niche. And it has kind of a following by people who loved it, and I don't know. I've done all three shows many times at several different places, Winston High Point, Whitfield, Virginia, Greensboro, at the Barn Dinner Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will have people that will come up to me afterwards and say, I saw you some other place. Right. Uh- oh, I forgot. Louisville. We did it at the town of Louisville too. So. Yeah, I was about to say that uh, w- when you did it there, that was the first time I had ever heard of the show, and I I, d- I didn't get a chance to see it, but because um, because like everything else, there's you know there, there's always three or four shows going on at one time, and I'm usually in one of them. Yeah, I rem- I remember hearing about that for the first time when you did that in Louisville, and uh, and it sounded sounded like a fun show. It is fun, but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, talk, talk to us about just acting on stage. So, you know, besides your, you know, your tree stump days, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are some, uh, what are some things you did in school and, and maybe your, some of your first adult roles that you had that are, that are fond memories? Well, let's see. I loved playing the Reverend Mother in Nonsense. <laughs> I did that several times. I was fortunate enough to be Mame in name and Dolly in Hello Dolly. I was Yenta and later Golda in Fiddler on the Roof. Uh-huh. I was Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. And I'm trying to think of other, there's so many. Um, and of course, Vera Sanders and all those smoke shows. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I I've done many things. When I was teaching, I taught public school for 30 years, Mm -hmm. and I did not want to music direct when I was teaching because I did that all day long. Right. So I just stuck with the acting all the way through that. And then when I retired, 
I went to um, the Southern Regional auditions for different companies and um, got several callbacks. And I, and so I really was into acting more then. Right. <clears throat> I was trying to recall the character. Uh, I'm sometimes bad with the p- character names, but, you know, most recently, at least with me, you did Pippin, and it was uh, the grandmother character, which I think is Bertha. Bertha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's got to be one of my all-time favorite roles. I saw Pippin years ago, and I, when I was much too young to play the grandmother. Right. But now it's mine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we did a great job with that. Oh, it was so much fun. When did you start music directing shows and and leading orchestras, and pit orchestras? I started the music directing in 2000. Uh, that's when the year I retired, and so then I felt like, okay, I can start music directing. And I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And so now... I, I music direct, I act, and I sometimes direct the shows as well. So, What was your first show as music director? My first show as music director was with Kernersville Little Theater. They did Little Abner. Hmm. They had a music director, but as soon as auditions were over, there was some little problem. And that music director left, and they called and asked me if I would consider doing it, mainly because my husband was going to be playing Pappy Yoakum. Mm. And I was actually still teaching then, but I made that one exception because I wanted to see him as Pappy Yoakum. Right. And so I did it. (laughs) I said Mm. yes. And then they put the orchestra behind the cast and behind a curtain so i never got to see him play Pappy Yoakum. <laughs> now was this uh i mean i i guess I, I wasn't really aware of what kernersville was doing back in 2000 as far as theater I, I wasn't quite in that world yet but uh was that at was that at the folly or did they do that at the school or actually did that at glenn high school okay uh, I've I've enjoyed I've gotten to do two shows in the Follies, but one was with tracks and one was just me on the piano. And I I, I as I was playing the piano, I was like, well, you really can't have anybody else <laughs> in this oh. space. It's a wonderful, wonderfully unique space to watch a play. But uh, yeah, very very limited in what you can do. Yes, it is. Yeah, so that's twenty years since your first show has gone by. So. Uh, so this is where I'm supposed to say, so you were 19 when you did your first show, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not afraid to say I'm 73. Uh, (laughs) Well, you you have, you have to claim your age, you know, to, to own that grandmother role of Bertha and Pippin. Comes with the territory. So when did you start teaching voice privately? I didn't start that until a couple of years after I had been music directing. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it a little bit. But um, one day, three different people came up to me asking if I gave music voice lessons. And I thought, this is the sign. Go ahead and do it. So I think it was probably about 2002, 2003, something like that, probably. Right. And I started out just teaching them here in my home. And then um, my church asked me if I would come there and 
teach and gave me a nice, I had the choir room as my studio. So that was very nice. Now, of course, since everything's happened, I'm not there anymore. You know, that's been put on hold. Right. Would you say that you primarily teach, uh, well, theater actors, uh, voice lessons, or did, did, did you have a mix of like more classical students taking lessons? Mostly theater oriented people, but I did have some that were class were interested in the classical training. And of course that's the way I got my degree. I was in graduate school, I played the role of Baby Doe in the opera, The Ballad of Baby Doe, mm-hmm. which was based on real characters, Baby Doe Tabor and Horace Tabor from Leadville, Colorado. Uh, so, yeah, that was my that was my training. Right. I, I discovered that I I love to listen to opera. I love to see opera. Mm-hmm. But as far as being in it, I prefer to be in a musical because there's actually more acting involved in a musical. With the opera, it's all about making that beautiful sound. Mm-hmm. And I think they've gotten into, no, I don't think, I know they have gotten more into acting the roles now. But, yeah, so many times it's all about, well, we're not going to do this, we want to don't want to interfere with that sound. So, right. Yeah. I just asked about, you know, the different types of students you have, because I don't, I'm sure there's some listeners, you know, to this that, that don't know a whole lot about singing, you know, firsthand, but there's a, there's a big Mm -hmm. difference between the classical approach and the theater approach. And, and I know voice teachers kind of want to take that into consideration when they're, when, when they're trying to give you the most efficient, advice for, you know, how to use your voice best. Uh, cause there's just some things that, you know, you, you would not do in like, you can't take an operatic style and, and, and use it in gypsy, <laughs> for example. <No. laughs> and, and you certainly wouldn't want to take, you know, what you're singing in gypsy and, and go do it on stage. But, you know, there are some a certain golden age musicals that that seem to translate. I mean, Richard Rogers, like uh, South Pacific, it's been done by opera companies, and and uh, you know, I think you could probably on some shows like Les Mis, and you, you mm. know, some of these, they're, they're almost like operatic shows. You could probably get away with an operatic style on that <laughs> as well. But. And actually, the first musical that was proclaimed as the first American musical was Showboat, right. which is operatic it's an operetta and so yeah that was that was when musicals started to take off yeah so just talking about teaching voice so i'm always interested in this because you know you you got into teaching voice because a lot of people asked and and you know you kind of considered from there it's kind of similar to me with piano Uh, i i think two years as much as two years before I started teaching piano lessons, I was on the record of saying that I would never teach piano lessons. It was just, that was just my stance. But then circumstances came about and uh, there was a music store that needed a piano teacher. The one they had had moved, moved to a different area. And I said, well, I'll try it. And and turns out after a few students and few lessons, I, I liked it. So 
I'm just curious, uh, over time, what, what thrills you about being a teacher? What is it, um, that, that gives you pleasure from teaching? It's that spark. Mm -hmm. It's seeing when everything you've been telling them just falls into place. And it's that aha moment when they, they finally get it and they produce the sound that you've been wanting them to come up with. So that's, that's so gratifying. Do you have any stories of, uh, and you know, you don't have to do like last names or, or even first names unless you want to, but are there, are there students you've had? Um, well, I guess let's make it a two part question. Are there any students who've gone on to do like really big things with their voice? Um, but, but also success, I think is if you've had students that maybe, maybe had trouble early on, but then they started to get it and they had success even in a local way. Are there, are there stories you can share about former students? Uh, more in the field of theater mm -hmm. than in music. However, I do have one young lady who started taking voice with me who was so, so shy. Mm -hmm. and didn't want to really do anything in front of anyone. And when it came time to do the recital, she was very, very nervous and I try to make everyone feel at ease when my students give a recital. But she was nervous. And the second year, she was a little better. And then I encouraged her. She started coming to see shows that I was in or that I was music directing. And then she started taking the summer enrichment programs. And then she started doing the musicals at her school. And now she's singing solos in church all by herself. And it's just, that's great. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. In theater, I had this wonderful young girl who went on to become uh, in charge of the entertainment at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. She was there for several years. And now I've got one gentleman who is writing for several TV shows and for movies and helping with the production for a well-known theater company. So, okay, well, that's great. I, I don't take credit for all of that, but <laughs> well, yeah, I think you can take you can take at least partial credit. <laughs> um, so, what are some of the shows? Uh, you know, since your since your first ones, what are some of the shows that you've music directed? I guess I'll, let me just ask it a different way. What are what are some of the shows? Uh, that have been your favorites over the years that you've been a music director on? Oh, gosh, there are many. Uh, definitely Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. I had loved that show years before it ever made it to Broadway. I have five recordings of that show, mm. and they're all different because it went through so many changes before it ever made it to Broadway. So I loved, loved doing that show. That show get uh, I hear a lot of actors locally request that one, and I don't, it, I don't think it's been done since uh, Little Theater, whenever the last time they did it. But I haven't heard of it being done. The thing about it is, you need a lot of really good men, and you need a lot of good women, mm -hmm. but you've got to have this one stellar guy to play the role of Jekyll and Hyde 
otherwise it becomes farce. Right. Which is not meant to be. So. Right. We were very fortunate. David Joy did that role, and he was wonderful. Mm. What is a yeah? So you've had a lot of shows. You've you've gotten to conduct a lot of pits. What's a what's a story or two that you can share? And you don't have to name names or or even the show, but um, what's a story that kind of makes you cringe? You know, like something that didn't go well. Oh, okay. I had this one guy playing trumpet for me, mm-hmm. and the call time for the pit is usually half an hour before curtain. Right. The actors have to get there earlier, and I'm always there earlier because I have to warm up their voices before the call for the orchestra because nobody can go on stage 30 minutes prior to the curtain. Uh, So I had this one gentleman who came in and got seated, and he had forgotten his trumpet. His trumpet was at home. Oh, (laughs) And he lived, this was in Winston, and he lived in Kernersville. So he had to drive home and get that trumpet and drive back. And I was telling him, stall, stall, stall. <laughs> and he finally came in. All was well after that, but that was a tender moment. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a, uh, a scary moment that could have been much worse. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. What's a fond memory uh, of, of a show, just from the perspective of of working with the orchestra? Let's see. You know, I've, I've so enjoyed every pit mm-hmm. that I've worked with. There have been wonderful people. And you know this. You find somebody who's really, really good, and you keep going back to them and saying, would you do this? And so you get, you get a nice rapport going with those musicians and it's just nice to see that continue to grow. And some of them I feel so comfortable with if I'm looking for a particular instrument that I don't normally need, I'll go to them and say, Hey, do you know? And usually they have two or three ideas for me. So it's great. That's wonderful. Great. Uh, and, and likewise with the cast, is there a show that you, that's, uh, oh, I mean, you've mentioned Jekyll and Hyde. Is there another show that as far as like the experience with the cast is, is a great memory? Yes. Um, the 25th annual Putnam County spelling bee. Uh. <laughs> I've done that twice, once in Louisville and once in Kernersville. And both times those casts have been so much fun to work with. They have worked so hard. It's just been a lovely experience. Also, I directed and music directed Little Women for the town of Louisville. Mm. And that was a lovely cast. It just those, they're smaller casts, and so they seem to really bond more. So there's much more feeling of ensemble. Nobody trying to be a star, just got this wonderful ensemble work going on. Yeah, that's um, that's wonderful. 
uh, for the for the sake of listeners who are not local, we've mentioned the the town of Louisville a few times. So Louisville in this area, uh, their theater uh, they go outdoors, and they've uh, I don't know how far that goes back, but they they've done at least one, sometimes I think two shows a year uh, outdoors mm-hmm. for for several years, and, and of course it's it's always kind of a little gamble game in, in advance of you know which shows are going to get rained out. I I've only played one show there which was uh you're a good man charlie brown but i i think we lost at least two shows and and i think we may have we may have gotten rained out on three but we made up one of them (laughs) i've been fortunate everything that i've music directed or directed there we have not missed a show wow that's pretty impressive it is (laughs) yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) um I'm I'm just very curious. Every all the guests I talk to, I'm uh, like, what what's the most difficult thing they've encountered? So I'll ask it uh, in two different ways for you. What's um, what's the most difficult book you've had to teach as a music director or conduct in a in a pit? Either one, and then also, what's the most difficult show you've had to learn for yourself as a as an actress? Okay, uh, the most difficult to teach. And direct is cats. Oh. There are so many weird meters. Right. One song in 15-8. How do you direct Mm 15-8, you know? And then for the cast, you have all of these words. There's no plot. And then you have all of these words that you know, jellical and all these other words that you don't say every day. And so it's a matter of learning all these words and then they're moving around on stage like cats while they're singing. <laughs> so they've got to be able to support while they're down there playing like kittens or cats. So that was a hard one. Now, who who did Cats and when was that? Little Theater of Winston-Salem did that and Oh, my goodness. It's probably been 12 years ago or so. Okay. Uh, Now, the most difficult for me to, one, being Maine, because Mm -hmm. it's a huge part, because I had 17 costume changes, and because Maine is a dancer and I'm not. So it really, you know, I had to put in some work trying to get the feet to move the way they should. Uh, And it was a lot to learn. So I figured every time we blocked one, I had it memorized the next time I came back. That way I kept ahead of it. Then another one that was really difficult was in Whistville, Virginia. Hmm. It was the first time I did the first Smoke on the Mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had to learn to play all those different instruments. I went in expecting to play only the piano. That's how it had been presented to me. Right. But I ended up playing all these other instruments that I had not played before. Banjo, uh, guitar, auto harp, mandolin. I'd not played those before. Um, And we had eight days of rehearsal. And then the show opened. So... I was fit to be tired. I was working almost, I slept very little. We rehearsed generally from 
one to 10 at night. Mm. And then I would get a, I would go home and do as much work as I could while my brain was still ready to absorb something. And then I'd get up early and start working on those instruments. Huh. But yeah. all went well. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was very stressful. And at that particular time, I had car trouble too. So there, there was a time when I really thought about picking up the phone and calling the director of the theater and saying, I can't do this. This is just not coming together for me. And then I thought, you have never quit anything in your life and you're not going to start now. So I stuck it out and I'm so glad I did because it all came together. But I was in a panic for a while. Right. Uh, one thing I thought I thought about I wanted to bring up is uh, when I first started being active in theater in this area, um, I, I don't even remember exactly what prompted the conversation, but somehow your name came up and uh, we were talking about like children's theater projects. I think we were talking about the possibility of me um, writing something, but the, but the person who was, who was talking to me, he's, he left the area. Um, I think he went to another position kind of soon after that, but uh, he brought up your name and I think uh, I was with someone else and, and they both agreed. They said that there was nobody better in this area for working with children's voices than Maggie Gallagher. And, uh, and I just wondered, is that a, is that a passion that you found that you, you enjoy teaching kids in theater? Well, that's what I did for 30 years. Right. So yeah, it just carries over. I, I spent most of those years with the high school or, and, but I had quite, I had one year with, K through six, and then I had several years of six through eight. So I had worked with every age level. I knew what was happening physically with their bodies. And so, and that makes a huge difference with those ages. Right. So, yeah, I, I had the experience. So I'm, I'm happy to hear they said that. That's wonderful. Yeah, they were they were very high on on uh, what what you're able to do with, with those voices, and and it's and certainly not easy at that age. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here, here's a question. Uh, th- this may be easy, but it might be difficult. Uh, let's say that from for the rest of your life, you can do any show you want to do. However, it ha- they have to all be as an actor or all be as a music director? It has to be one or the other. What What would you choose? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm equally passionate about both things, but simply because of mobility issues, I would have to go with the music directing. Right. I get, I will, I get such a wonderful sense of accomplishment there. Um, and I don't have to worry about, am I standing up straight? Am I going to be able to make that step? You know, so. Okay. Well, we're going to give you, we're going to give you the choice of both. We're going to give you acting and music directing and allow you to do both. Uh, what are, 
what are some bucket list shows for either category that you you've never gotten a chance to do, but you definitely want to do? I don't know. I think I've done pretty much everything I wanted to do. Wow. Uh, that's, you know, you were talking about uh, Gypsy. Right. I've, I've never wanted to do Gypsy. I don't have that kind of voice. Right. Uh, so I, I think I'm honest with myself about things I can do and cannot do. Right. Uh, and so I'm... I'm, I'm good with everything I've done. Uh, one thing I have done Mame twice. The first time I was Gooch, Agnes Gooch. The second time I was Mame. I had at one point thought, gee, it would be great to play Vera, and then I would have done the triumvirate of Mame, you know. Right. But I'm a little too old for Vera now. But. Well, I can't, you know, I can't think, well, I, hmm. I just think I love, at this point in my time, life, I love roles like Bertha, mm -hmm. uh, that crotchety old woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. And it's, it's so much fun to do. So I'm. You know, if you have anything like that coming up, please think of me because right. that's where I am now. Well, I think there's a there's a lot to be said about you know, just saying I've I've done what I wanted to do and I don't have anything I want to do for the first time. But you know, there are probably things you could you'd be happy to revisit, and uh, I think that's that's a fine response. So, what do you wish cast members or orchestra members would do better more often? Like, what's something that Maybe maybe some shows are great, but you know you, you see it often enough. What are some things that cast members and orchestra members could do that would make your job easier uh, as a music director? Listen, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen to each other. Uh, find your balance. Don't overpower the person beside you. Uh, whether it's pit or singing, it, that goes all the way around. Listen and learn from all the others and then love what you're doing and love the people you're doing it with and bring it all together, make it meld together. I think we could use that, the three L's, in our life today and so many problems would be solved if we would only listen, learn, and love. That's great. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's just because it's, it's been mentioned before. Actually, I'm not sure at what order these interviews are coming out. I, I, I interviewed someone else, and we talked about the movie Lock-In. Um, I was actually talking to someone else who who also did some of the music on, on that. And, uh, you know, so just for listeners who remember that film and, and maybe have checked it out on YouTube. So Ma Maggie has a special role. She, I don't think you really have any lines. You just, you just <laughs> laugh and you have a lot of wine. <laughs> that was delightful. <laughs> yeah. So easy part to learn, right? <laughs> I did not have to learn a single word. Yeah. 
had to learn how to laugh a little and laugh a little harder and laugh a little harder and drink a little more wine. The only thing that concerned me was what are my neighbors thinking when they see me over here drinking wine out of the bottle and guffawing, you know, so... I'm going to have to include a still for that when I promote this episode so everyone knows what we're talking about. That would be But yeah, that 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 was a lot of fun. And someone I didn't notice it the first time, but someone pointed out that each, each time they come back to you, there's a few more bottles. <laughs> so I, I guess they were, you know, just not giving spoiler plots, but the uh, uh, the person in charge must have kept getting you some more more to drink. <laughs> was the deal yes indeed (laughs) well that's great um maggie thank you for joining me today and just sharing your stories i know that um in 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 the piedmont triad of north carolina you have uh, there aren't too many people in theater who don't at least know your name but i would say most of the people that i've met have worked with you in some way and uh and cherish that involvement so um, this this interview is going to mean a lot to to them as well. So thank you for sharing your stories about theater. Thank you for thinking of me. And that wraps up episode eleven. Next week we're interviewing a couple of musicians who do not live nearby. On Tuesday, August eleventh, we present my first interview with a violinist, and she has played national tours of Phantom of the Opera and Hello Dolly. And she also got to tour as an ensemble performer on the stage as a violinist. We'll talk about that and more on Tuesday. As a reminder, if you want to follow what's coming up next, be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Life in the Pit Pod. You can follow me personally on Instagram at David Lane Music or Twitter and Facebook at David M. Lane Music. As always, a special thanks to Mark Parolo for his cover art and to Bill Cisna for providing the introduction to this podcast. All original music is composed and performed by David Lane. For the time being, you can find out more about this podcast at the new and improved davidlanemusic.com slash podcast or at our Podbean page, lifeinthepit.podbean.com. Please rate and review on the Apple Podcast app and please share with your friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you.